All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Fairly Lame Podcast. As always, my name is Dom, and this is your home of good environmental news from all around the world. This is episode 86, and before we get into today's topics, I just want to let you guys know that the podcast is not going anywhere over Christmas and the New Year's period. Um, We're going to keep working to make sure you guys get your dose of good environmental news each and every week. Um, Because, yeah, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people do take time off around this part of the year or this time of the year, um, but not everyone is out traveling, doing stuff, catching up with family. So I think it's uh, really important, especially because we're looking at good environmental news. I think it's really important to make sure this is still there. Um, for the people who this may not be the best time of year for them. So yeah, I can promise you this is not going anywhere. And uh, I guess rolling on from that, uh, just want to thank you guys for the year that has been. We still do have a few years or a few weeks left in the year. Um, But just want to say it now because we are on the verge of hitting 40,000 followers on Instagram, which is absolutely insane. I mean, a couple weeks ago, we hit, or maybe a couple months ago, we hit 30K and we had the dream or the vision, the hope of hitting 50K and it's still alive. We still could get there. Who knows? We'll see how we go. I have to put out some absolute bangers by the end of the year. Um, But yeah, thank you to each and every one of you who have followed along so far. Honestly, I've said this so many times, but never in my wildest dreams did I think we would get anywhere close to 40K. Maybe like I was thinking maybe 10, 15K would be happy with that. Um, but yeah, I guess it's just a testament to all the stories and all the great work that other people are doing. Uh, and then I just get the opportunity to come on here and talk about it. Um, but yeah, anyway, so again, thank you guys for everything. It's been an incredible year and hopefully you guys have enjoyed uh, the podcast as much as I have, uh, enjoyed making it. And so I think on that note with that, uh, very poorly worded, uh, thank you. I was going to say apology, very poorly worded. Thank you. Uh, I think it's perfect time to get into the stories we'll be having a look at today. So first up, we'll be having a look at a magical golden mole that was previously thought to be extinct, but was recently rediscovered in South Africa. Then how companies are 3D printing prosthetic limbs for cats, dogs, pigs, goats, and even birds. How shipwrecks are providing some crucial refuge for marine life in areas of the ocean that are being heavily bottom trawled. And then we'll finish up with a bit of a deep dive into the rooftop garden on top of Boston's Fenway Park and how it's able to grow thousands of pounds of food every year. So we will just get straight into our first story, which is about a golden mole that was just rediscovered after not being seen for 86 years, thanks to the help of five conservation dogs and something called eDNA. So Rewild, an organization started by Leonardo DiCaprio and a group called Global Wildlife Conservation, considered De Winton's golden mole to be one of the world's most wanted lost species after it vanished, suspectedly due to impact from diamond mining in South Africa. The mole spends most of its time underground where it uses its incredible ability to pick up sounds and vibrations to hunt insects on the surface, but that superpower also means that they're great at detecting humans that are trying to come and rediscover it. And to make finding them even harder, as they live in sand, any sign of them left on the surface of the dune is quickly swept away by the wind, and it also means that their tunnels collapse behind them, so trying to find them that way isn't really an option either. And as is often the case, just as hope was fading, a couple of local universities decided to team up and try and find the species one last time, except now by analysing something called eDNA. So environmental DNA or eDNA is stuff like skin cells or hair that an animal leaves behind in the landscape, and it allows researchers to analyse things like soil or water samples from different areas to determine if a species is present without ever seeing it. 
When the team got the results confirming the presence of the golden mole, they then used conservation dogs to track them down on the basis that as the dogs knew all of the other mole species, if they didn't trigger on some evidence, it was likely this mystery mole. The program has already been able to find 11 De Winton's golden moles from four different populations, but as this is still all so new, there's a heap of questions about the species, like how endangered it actually is, so make sure to keep tuning into the podcast, and uh, yeah, we'll keep you up to date with what they find. Now, our next story could definitely be in contention for the most wholesome story we've had a look at all year. You guys will have to let me know down below. But it's about how companies can now 3D print prosthetic limbs for injured pets to help them live as happy of a life as any other. So pets can lose a limb for a bunch of different reasons, and sometimes they are able to get around with only three legs, but that can place a heap of pressure on their spine and the rest of their body as they try and compensate. But now pet prosthetics have gotten even more affordable and accessible as they can be made remotely using an iPhone computer and 3D printer to help out our companions even in the most remote areas. So first the animal is scanned to turn it into a digital 3D model, then a custom prosthetic is designed based on things like its size and walking technique, and finally a virtual simulation is run to identify any flaws or stress points before it's printed. 3D printing allows the prosthetics to be super tailored to the individuals, and as it's so much faster and cheaper to make them this way, the technique is perfect for younger animals that are rapidly growing. And this method isn't just for cats and dogs, as it's already been used to make a special helmet for a headbutting goat whose skull didn't develop properly, and even prosthetic beaks for birds who've had theirs damaged. And to top it all off, companies like Dive Design, Bionic Pets and OrthoPets make the point of working closely with orthopedic vets to ensure their prosthetics are safe and properly designed. Now, next up on the Fairly Lame podcast, we're going to be learning about how shipwrecks are helping protect marine life in areas of the ocean that are being heavily bottom trawled. It's estimated that there's around 50,000 shipwrecks along the coast of the UK and researchers from the University of Plymouth wanted to find out if those structures could actually be beneficial for marine life. So to find out, they conducted underwater camera and acoustic surveys to compare the diversity of species in and around the wrecks to similar control sites without them. And they found that the wrecks in heavily trawled areas had almost two and a half times more species, and if you include a 50 metre buffer around them, that number jumps up to 3.4 times more. And the reason for this is that ships can't bottom trawl through those areas as their nets would get snagged, resulting in them leaving the seabed around the wrecks unaffected and kind of turning them into unofficial sanctuaries. And that's why activists like Greenpeace are dropping massive boulders into these areas, as physical protections are proving to be an effective way to protect marine life from illegal or just unsustainable fishing. And this isn't saying that we should just dump a bunch of old ships on the seafloor. Instead, it's a glimpse into what these areas could look like without the pressures of trawling. And now our last story on this week's episode is about a rooftop farm at Fenway Park, the home of the Boston Red Sox, which has been able to grow over 21,000 pounds of produce for the venue. The team behind the project is called Green City Growers and they took an unused section of the ballpark above the Red Sox front office and turned it into a 5,000 square foot farm on top of the oldest active MLB stadium. So the planters are all made out of recycled milk crates and each one is hooked up to a drip irrigation system that delivers the exact amount of water that's needed for what's growing in it. The farmers work closely with the on-site chefs to figure out what needs to be planted and when, but on average, Fenway Farms is able to grow over 6,000 pounds of food every year, including things like asparagus, spinach, and tomatoes. 
The organization estimates that the farm is able to grow around 20% of the produce that's used on site, which is a pretty solid effort considering the size of it and that the ballpark attracts over 2.5 million people every year. They're striving to produce zero food waste by using everything they grow in the on-site concession stands, restaurant, luxury boxes, and they even donate some to families in need across Boston. And on top of all of that goodness, as this farm replaced an old black roof, this garden has been able to help cool the offices below it by up to 20 degrees Fahrenheit. So guys, that would do us for this week's episode of the Fairly Lame Podcast. Like I said at the start, I need to thank you guys again for all the support this year. Um, yeah, it has absolutely blown me away. I cannot thank you guys enough. Um, and yeah, just to reiterate, we are not going anywhere over this Christmas period. We will be on at the same time. At least for me, it's 3, oh no, it's 6 p.m. Australian Eastern uh, Daylight Time on Mondays. Uh, that time slot will not change. And uh, yeah, you can count on us. Anyway, have a good, I don't know, drive to the gym, drive to the work bloody flight on a plane, whatever the hell you're doing. We'll talk to you guys next week. See ya.